the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is the Bob France Authority. Good morning to you. Thank you so much for joining us as we begin at seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 16th morning of the eighth month in the year of our Lord, 2018. And I will not do anything else before I say a very, very happy and blessed birthday to my beautiful daughter who was... uh, who graced us with her presence. God, in his infinite wisdom, created just the kindest, sweetest, most wonderful soul that I have ever known uh, exactly 17 years ago today. So I just want to say happy birthday to my daughter. You are wonderful, and if you are listening right now, we love you so very, very much. It was exactly an hour ago, an hour and seven minutes ago, to be precise, 17 years ago, that we actually celebrated that moment. So happy birthday to what will always be my little girl. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Coming up in about a half an hour, we are going to be talking with Bob Paduchik, a co-chair of the Republican National Committee. And Bob wants to talk about Governor John Kasich, who continues to savage President Trump, uh, being very, very critical of him uh, in various manners and in fo- uh, various forums. And uh, the president, of course, has had a few choice words for Governor John Kasich as well. The outgoing governor, uh, of course, we all know, was infamous for his absence at the Republican National Convention in uh, the summer of 2016, refused to show up uh, for his party's convention in his own state because he did not like the party's nominee. So uh, we're going to talk to uh, Bob Paduchik about that as the president continues to gain support in a lot of circles, including, once again, I have a new update from yesterday's upta- update about the president's approval rating among black voters in the United States. Yesterday, we celebrated the fact that President Trump was enjoying a 31% approval rating among uh, black voters in one survey. A new survey today 
has that jumped up to 36%. It's a different survey. It's not like a new one was done yesterday from today, but these are two separate surveys, and they both confirm the same thing, that African-American voters are looking at Donald Trump and are increasingly pleased with his performance and appreciative of what he is doing for not just black America, but for all America. This is a political earthquake of sorts, a political earthquake. It's why the left is panicking. Oh, my gosh, they're thinking we could always count on 90 plus percent of the black vote going for our guy or our girl, our candidate. We could always count on it. We can't count on it anymore. How can they like Trump? We have to make them hate Trump. Hence, here they come. Allegations of N-word tapes. Uh, criticism of the word dog as being a synonym for uh, for the N-word. Uh, attacks on people like Don Lemon and LeBron James' intelligence means black people are stupid. Attacks on low IQ Maxine Waters means black people are stupid. Can't you people see how he doesn't like you? How can you be so approving of him? 36% is a massive jump. It's an 18-point increase over the same time last year among black voters. This has the American left terrified and is something we're going to focus on as we continue on this program today. I'm going to be silent for just a moment, and I'm going to let something echo in your head as long as you are willing to listen to it. And the reason why is I want this echoing in the heads of every American voter as they go to the polls this November to decide which party has America's best interest in mind, to decide which party you want to cast your lot with, when it comes to the majority in the People's House of Representatives and in the Senate of the United States, I want you to listen to one of the most prominent members of your party, or of one party, rather. Here's the governor of the state of New York. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. I want this to be echoing in the heads and in the ears and in the minds of every voter. This is the mayor, or excuse me, rather, the governor of the state of New York. Andrew Cuomo, who fancies himself potentially as a presidential candidate, declaring we're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. Sometimes when people or parties tell you who they are, Sometimes you have to stop arguing with them and listen to them. You understand? You you need to sometimes listen to them. When we on the conservative side of things say that those on the liberal democratic side of things are are really kind of anti-American, we're not just flapping our gums to hear ourselves talk. We're 
We're trying to alert you to something. How many times do you need to hear Democrats tell you they don't like America before you start believing that Democrats don't like America? Go back to 2008. Go back to 2007 and the campaign that led to the 2008 election of Barack Obama. Listen as Barack Obama tells you time and time again how he wants to fundamentally transform America. He didn't say build on America's greatness or return America to glory. He said transform it, change it. Look that one up. Transform means to change. Fundamentally transform. You don't change things. You don't transform things that you love. You want to improve upon them? Sure. You want to make sure they are running at their peak efficiency? You want to make sure that all of its glory that has been bestowed upon it by the founding fathers who designed and are and were the architects of it and all of the patriots who fought and died and bled to, to build it, to grow it, to preserve it? Sure, you want to do those things. To fundamentally change it, you don't change things that you love. As I said, uh, I think it was on Larry Elder's show two nights ago, or it might have been on yesterday's show, so my apologies for the redundancy if, if you've heard it. But, but I'm quite certain that Barack Obama, when he met Michelle Obama and asked her to marry him, didn't say, hey, Michelle, you're right, but I'm going to fundamentally transform you into something better. I'm pretty sure you you don't change things that you love. You say, I love you the way you are. I want to be able to, to enjoy who you are, not change you into something I want you to be. But why do you want to do that to our country? Fundamentally change the country. You're not what I want you to be. I'm going to fundamentally tra- transform you. And then let's talk about Michelle Obama, who shortly thereafter acknowledged that for the first time in her life, she was actually proud of this country because it elected Barack Obama, her husband. She had never been proud of her country. This was the first lady. Now you have, you have Andrew Cuomo. America was never really that great. You have leftist Democrat voters marching in Washington, D.C. We don't like America. We don't even want the USA to exist. Again, no USA at all. There comes a time when they're going to continue to tell you who they are and you're going to continue to ignore them and you're going to say, oh, you don't mean that. You don't mean that. You don't, you were, you were proud of the United States. No, you don't want to transform the country. You love the country. No, you don't mean no USA at all. You just mean you want to improve the USA. And no, no, you don't mean that America wasn't great. You mean that America has always been great, but we can do better, right? At what point do we just listen to prominent Democrats and we could sit here and play sound bites and read comments from prominent Democrats who express disgust, disdain for this country for two hours. At what point do we start listening to them and start understanding? They're telling you who they are. Don't ignore their message. 
don't call them liars for admitting their own anti-American bias. I think it's time we listen to that. And I think it's time we share that. And I want Andrew Cuomo's words to be played over and over and over again on newscasts, on radio shows, on uh, websites, on social media. Let's, let's let everybody know that when it comes to this November's elections for control of the United States Congress, you have a choice. You have a very stark choice. You can vote for candidates representing a party that absolutely believe in American greatness, that absolutely believe in American exceptionalism, that absolutely believe that the United States is the greatest nation, the greatest community that has ever been devised in the history of human civilization, where liberty is the core principle upon which we are founded, where everyone is free to choose their destiny, guided by laws, morals, principles, sovereignty. You have a party that believes in all of that, that we are the greatest nation in the history of human civilization, and we're getting better. Because any of the principles that may have been lost along the way, we're returning to those wonderful principles of liberty for all Americans. Liberty and unity. Or you can choose a party that doesn't believe America was ever that great. That doesn't believe in a USA at all. That doesn't believe in borders. That has never been proud of this country. A party that wanted to fundamentally transform it rather than return it to its glory. Your choice is very, very clear. And I want you to remember, when the Democrats tell you that they hate America, listen to them. It's 919. Bob Paduchik, co-chair of the RNC, is going to be joining me at 935. I've got time in this coming segment for your phone calls. 216-901-0945. We'll take your calls and your thoughts on everything that's going on on AM 1420, The Answer. On AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Yes, indeed, nine twenty four. Now the Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty, the answer. Phone lines open at two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. If you would like to reach this show and express yourself, but not wait on hold, you can do so by tweeting to me at Radio Done Right. I do not like the platform. Twitter is poison, but I will not surrender the flow of information to the liberals. I will continue to use it as well as I can. So uh, Twitter, it's Radio Done Right. Facebook as well, at France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Give me your thoughts on all of these subjects if you cannot wait on hold. Mark is waiting on hold, however, and for that, I am deeply appreciative. Thanks for your patience, Mark. You're on the air. Go ahead. Morning, Bob. Uh, I, I'm going to try to put this, put my thoughts together here real quick, just on okay. my cup of coffee. But uh, anyway, I'm watching the CNN last night, and oh my God, Nixonian practice is you know to get revenge, unpresidential. Uh, I'd like to know why these guys have clearances anyhow. Does Brennan and Clapper, after they found out what they've been up to and the lies and everything, but then they haul out the uh, CNN uh, David Gergen and uh, Bernstein from the Nixon era, and even this General Hayden, and, uh, you know, some of these guys, uh, they need to find the tar pit, you know, and jump in. Uh, I spoke with a friend of mine the other, or last night, as a matter of fact, because I was so infuriated with what I saw. Now, I w- 
was I was military attached to uh, NSA my last four years in the Army, and my buddy went on to uh, work at the NSA for 30 years, you know. And he's just, like, amazed, you know, because 30 years working at the main headquarters, it's over with. When you're done, that's it. Your, your, your clearance is removed, and uh, you get caught with anything or anything on a computer or anything, either they will, they will come and rip your whole house apart, you know. But one of the things we learned, and I'll just finish up with this, is, sure. you know, all these people with uh, uh, clearances and everything, and one of the things we learned, the longer that chain link is, you know, the greater chance you have of one of those links breaking. And uh, the less, less people out there with all these clearances, the safer you're going to be. And that's, that's about it, Bob. Well, I'm glad you said all of that, Mark. I appreciate it. I'll respond to a few uh, points that you made there. Um, I have never understood why it is that people who have been fired from their positions within the federal government, especially if they have had security clearance, especially even more so if they have had top-level security clearance, top-secret classified uh, clearance, how when you're fired, especially for dishonesty, you are allowed to continue to gain access to that classified data. I have never understood that. How can James Comey still have access now that he has, is, a, is proven and is an admitted leaker of classified information? Remember, he gave the information to a professor friend of his so that he could give it to a reporter so that the reporter would blow this thing open and trigger uh, the, uh, the Russia uh, uh, special counsel appointment for the Russia probe. He's a leaker. How can he have clearance? Forget about John Brennan. And by the way, let me say this about John Brennan. John Brennan is, is arguably the point man leading the resistance of President Trump and his administration. As such, he is essentially obstructing the national security protocols being put in place by the Trump administration, by the Trump uh, uh, Pentagon, by the Trump Department of Justice by the intelligence community. He is a leader of the resistance. He is trying to stop the president at every turn. How can somebody who is literally actively working against the commander-in-chief be allowed to have top-secret security clearance? It should have been revoked a long time ago. As a matter of fact, all of the fired or or demoted Obama uh, administration or Obama-era officials who still have access to classified data should lose it. How does James Clapper, former director of national intelligence, still have security clearance? Why? He is no longer active in government, and he also has been an outspoken obstacle, an obstructor to the President of the United States and his attempts to keep this country secure and safe. How can Comey, the fired FBI director, still have uh, classified access? How can Andrew McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, also fired? still have classified access. How can Sally Yates, the former deputy AG, who refused to do her job when Donald Trump was uh, was elected, how can she, fired from the DOJ, still have access to classified data? How can they have security clearance? How can Peter Strzok, who was just fired last week, and yes, he still has security clearance? Lisa Page, the former FBI general counsel, who was forced to step down, Strzok's lover who conspired to try to stop Donald Trump and help Hillary Clinton by clearing Clinton in that investigation and by prompting and triggering the Russia investigation to stop Trump. Susan Rice, 
former national security advisor, and Bruce Orr, DOJ uh, official who is under serious, serious scrutiny right now for his um, compliance with and collusion, there's your word, with a foreign bad actor, British spy, former British spy Christopher Steele, to produce that dossier that led to the FISA warrant to uh, spy on the Trump uh, Trump campaign. How can these people have top-secret security clearance anyway? John Brennan should have been only the first shoe to fall. There should be many, many more following. We'll talk more about that as we continue. We will get news now, however, and then we'll talk to Bob Paduchik, the uh, co-chair of the Republican National Committee, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Mike Gallagher, weekday mornings at 11 on AM 1420, The Answer. Onward we roll. It's 933, the Bob France Authority on AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget you can dial at 216-901-0945. You can also hit us up at 888-281-1110. If you'd rather tweet so you don't have to wait on hold, do so at Radio Done Right. Twitter is Radio Done Right. And Facebook, you can make sure to find me there at France Radio, spelled F-R-A-N-T-Z. Got to spell it right. France Radio, all one word, no spaces, no underscores. In case you forgot, in case you forgot, uh, what happened to my audio here? My apologies. I want you to hear this one more time. Yeah, let's try it again. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. That audience was shocked. That audience for the uh, governor of the state of New York, Andrew Cuomo, was shocked. Some of them uh, gasped. Some of them booed. Some of them laughed. America was never that great. This is the Democrat Party. While Antifa is out there chanting, no more USA at all, while uh, while Andrew Cuomo is saying uh, uh, America was never that great, while Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, identified by the DNC chair Tom Perez, is the future of the Democrat Party, are saying we don't want capitalist America, we want socialist America, it's becoming more and more clear. Democrats simply don't like this country. Joining us now once again to discuss these matters and more, including... A little bit of infighting within the Republican Party is uh, co-chair of the, of the RNC. Once again, Bob Paduchek joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. Bob, good morning. Bob, thanks for having me on. I always love to be on The Authority. It's, it's like being virtually back in Northeast Ohio. Well, we love having you here, Bob. Uh, hey, before we talk about the president, we talk about uh, the state right. of the Republican Party, and especially here in Ohio, as we get closer and closer to the midterms, uh, what are we, less than 80 days away now? Uh, Correct. Your your thoughts on what you're hearing from from the left and from your uh, counterparts on the in the Democrat uh, leadership. You know, Tom Perez said Alexandria Ocasio Cortez is uh, is the future of the party. Uh, she is just straight up saying no to capitalism. It will die. We want socialism. You just heard Andrew Cuomo, the uh, governor of uh, of one of our largest states. Uh, in our right. highest population, saying that no, America was never that great anyway. I mean, they're telling we've got a pretty, pretty, pretty stark contrast in in party statements leading into these uh, elections in November, Bob. It's astonishing because usually the Democrats try to keep that under wraps, and what you see is, is sort of the true colors of this party that has been taken over by left-wing extremists. I mean, uh, you know, if Jack Kennedy were alive today, he'd clearly be a Republican. Uh, this has gotten so wacky and off track that you get outrageous statements like what Governor Cuomo said, and uh, you know, we. we 
a lot of times Democrats are trying to run from those things or at least hide from them. We, we the guy running for Congress in Ohio 12, the congressional district I live in outside of Columbus there, and uh, he he had a, he was running ads that uh, had a woman who voted for Trump and a woman who voted for Kasich uh, supporting Danny O'Connor. You, you could be forgiven for thinking the guy is a Republican the way he was uh, campaigning, but the truth of the matter is as happens with some of these Democrats, he got caught admitting he was going to support Nancy Pelosi for uh, speaker, even after saying for weeks that he wasn't going to do that, that there needed to be new leadership. And that's the thing with these Democrats. Occasionally, you know, they they slip and they, they say what they really think and they say what they really believe. And it's it's anti-American. It's anti-capitalism. It's, it's anti-liberty and freedom. And uh, it's going to be rejected by the voters in November. Um, let, let's talk a little bit more about the president's impact here in the state of Ohio on, on a lot of these races, uh, both the primaries and the upcoming uh, 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 midterm elections. Um, the president has talked about uh, Governor Kasich, um, and we all know Governor Kasich perhaps, at least for me, uh, is best known uh, infamously for his refusal to even attend the uh, Dem- uh, Republican right. National Convention in his home state uh, back in 2016. He refused to even attend. It was a slap in the face, in my mind, to every Republican and every Republican voter like myself. Um, President Trump, I thought, accurately described him in a tweet uh, as being a very unpopular governor. Governor, He said the very unpopular governor of Ohio and failed presidential candidate John Kasich hurt Troy Balderson's recent win by tamping down enthusiasm for an otherwise great candidate. Even Kasich's lieutenant governor lost the governor's race because of his unpopularity. Credit to Troy for the big win. Politico comes out and says this is a blatant pants-on-fire lie. He's not a very unpopular governor. I don't know. I guess I didn't survey the whole state, but I'm an Ohio voter, and I'm an Ohio Republican, and I am very disgusted with John Kasich. Well, uh, John Kasich couldn't win a, a Republican primary for dog catcher in Ohio. He, his popularity among Republicans is abysmal. And, and the president was absolutely 100% correct because John Kasich went on ABC, uh, the Sunday morning program, and, and just confused the whole situation by implying that Troy Balderson didn't want the president to come in and campaign for him. And the president's rally is what turn that election around. I mean, I live in that congressional district. Every My kids started school this week. Everybody was getting ready for back to school. There were families that were on vacation. Few people knew that there was a special election and what was going on. And so we brought President Trump there in Delaware County to boost turnout. And, and I'll tell you, it, it's Unequivocally, he was the greatest impact on that on that on that election. A Cleveland Plain Dealer did uh, published a, a Google Analytics uh, report that said the most searched a political term uh, that day of the president's trip was Troy Balderson. And so, when the president comes in and gets ten thousand Ohioans to show up at a rally and is on national TV, it's a big boost. Uh, to the campaign, and uh, and and Troy knows it. And what Governor Kasich was trying to do is imply that that it, it wasn't going to help, and and it wasn't, you know, wasn't wasn't good. The the problem with Kasich's comments were that he did them two days before the election on national TV mm-hmm. and confused the situation. It was you know, it was you know reckless and uh, unfortunate for Troy. But, you know, we, we still prevailed. Uh, Troy won. He's going to go to Congress. He's going to win in November. And, and that, that's be, be, you know, that episode's behind us. 
Uh, Bob Paduchik is uh, the co-chair of the RNC joining us. And while that episode may be behind us, the Kasich problem persists. Um, in, in my mind, I mean, I, and I, and I don't, I'm not familiar with the ways of the Republican Party and how you, how you deal with people who essentially are, are turning against, um, uh, you know, candidates and the president and other leadership of the party the way he has. But if he's not part of the solution, to borrow an old phrase, going into these elections in November, he's part of the problem. Does the RNC need to distance itself from Governor John Kasich and essentially advise uh, candidates to do not, you know, cooperate with him, do not um, uh, work with him, do not mention him, just kind of shut him out? He's obviously term limited anyway, but I feel like he is so anti-Trump, he is so never Trump that that he's going to hurt Republican candidates in November if if uh, the Republican Party doesn't separate itself from him. Well, here's the thing with this. You know, uh, John Kasich has a First Amendment right, just like you or I, and he's going to say the things he's going to say. A lot of times it doesn't make sense to me. It certainly doesn't help politically. I- I'm in the business of electing Republicans to office. So what I tell Republicans to talk about is talk about the great success we've had under President Trump's policies and the promises made, promises kept by the president and Republicans in Congress that have given us 4.1% GDP, record unemployment, a booming economy. If you want to work, there is a job for you. Uh, We have more jobs available than we have people to do the work. And so you can't ask for a better economic record. So what I tell candidates is to focus on the winning messages, to focus on the success that we've had, promises made, promises kept, and be part of that equation when you come to Washington. And and we see a lot of candidates doing that. I mean, uh, and, and to me, that's that's the way to win elections. It, you know, it, Governor Kasich can criticize whoever he wants, but most Ohio Republicans I talk to, and even Republicans outside Ohio, just, you know, they they don't understand what he's trying to accomplish uh, other than, I think, you know, trying to self-promote. and uh, Maybe he's forgotten that the 2016 election's done and President Trump won and he's president and John Kasich's not. Yeah, well, and I, and I don't think he's going to accept that, and I think that's probably what a lot of this is part of. He's distancing himself from Republicans in some ways, continues to be critical of them, because he's perhaps going to run as an independent. He knows he cannot beat President Trump in a primary challenge in 2020, and so perhaps he's looking at another bite at the presidential apple from the independent point of view, which is why he is, I think, you know, not not averse to harming Republicans in this particular case. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't see him as I don't see him as a serious candidate one way or the other. To be honest serious no i agree with you i don't think he's a serious candidate but in his mind he will be and that's uh that's where i think he is uh and, and we'll we'll you know only time will tell uh speaking of electing republicans uh, and i know we're we're dealing with with november 1st uh and, and we don't have to worry about uh 2020 for a little while yet but what do you make bob paduchik of the latest polls two different polls in the last two days showing that the president's approval rating among African-American voters is 31% in one poll, 36% in the other, when a year ago he was down somewhere in the 13 to 15 to 18% range. We are talking about nearly or exceeding a doubling of the amount of black uh, uh, of voters approving of the job he has done. Uh, this, is, this is a political earthquake as far as I'm concerned. The Democrats have got to be panicking right now. Well, they, they, if, if they set aside their uh, rhetoric and uh, the propaganda that they're pushing and they pay attention to what's happening, um, 
yeah, that that is uh, that is uh, that is true. It, it's a, it, it's in many ways what you're saying is astonishing. But if you think about it in terms of what's happening with this economy. And African American employment unemployment has been at record lows, and what we're seeing is that um, is that kind of uh, uh, prosperity is translating into into personal support for the president. And um, look, if, if those numbers hold tight uh, around election day, President Trump won't just get reelected; he'll get reelected with a huge margin. No question about it. And, you know, we've always said this, that Democrats have counted. In fact, before I talk about that part of this, just real quick, Bob, uh, somebody brought this up on Twitter today, and I don't remember who it was, but who pointed out that how is it that the African-American approval rating of the president has skyrocketed in the way that it has, but the president's top line approval rating has remained constant at 50%. Right now, it smells fishy because, if, first of all, 50% is good. It, it's about five points higher at the same stage sure. of his presidency than Obama was at the same stage. But how is it that the African-American vote, or not vote, but approval has gone up, but the, but the top line number has stayed the same? Doesn't that sound odd? Well, it's really easy, and, and not to get into you know the technical details of polling is you know is if the sample determines a lot of times what the results are going to be. If you if you get if you have a if you have more Democrats in a survey than you have Republicans, and it doesn't balance with you know the actual current environment, right. it, it gives you skewed numbers. It, it, it creates a a a you know a false idea of what's going on. So the accuracy of these polls, I think, comes into question. Uh, that's part of it is how they're doing their samples. The, the other aspect of it is, I, I believe, and, and I honestly believe is because we saw this in 2016, and, and nothing has changed between now and then in terms of the polling that, that happens, is that, that, that there are some supporters out there that are rightfully afraid of uh, Democrats and, and, and these radical left-wing folks that um, have, have not just been angry in their uh, um, uh, obstruction to President Trump, but also to his supporters. You had a, a young man that's at, uh, at a hamburger place who, who, who gets assaulted by somebody because, because that, that young man's wearing a Make America Great Again hat. And so I can understand how some people just wouldn't want to get that confrontation going and so and they don't know who's polling them and they don't know if the pollster knows who they are or what they are so there are some folks i think that 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 kind of keep that to themselves so i think that affects the polls as well but but a lot of it you know the technical aspects as you want a good sample that reflects the electorate and and some folks get it right and some folks don't you're exactly right about that, and, uh, and and all of those points about how polling is done and how the numbers can be skewed are, are well taken. However, I will uh, say this or ask you about this in, in closing, Bob Paduchik of the RNC. Um, when you have the president polling so well among black voters, uh, we're literally yeah. double uh, you know, a year ago, um, and, and you have record low black unemployment, uh, it, it, it doesn't seem to be a coincidence to me, Bob, that here comes the attacks on Donald Trump as a racist. Donald Trump didn't condemn white racism enough when he said he condemned all racism this past right. weekend on the anniversary of Charlottesville. Uh, he called Omarosa a dog, and since she's black, he must mean that all black women are dogs. And he said that Don Lemon and, and LeBron James are dumb, and that's clearly a racist attack. They are amping up their Trump is 
is a racist um, rhetoric without any evidence whatsoever. And in fact, uh, logic, it flies in the face of all logic and reason what they are saying. But they're ramping this up because I think they do know that black America is having a great awakening and they're walking away from the Democrat Party. Absolutely. There's a a very big risk of that happening. And Democrats have taken African-American vote for granted for so many years. Why that's the case, astonishing to me, because in in a lot of major cities where you have large African-American populations, uh, they've been run by Democrats for decades. They've had failed policies. They have bad schools. They have unsafe neighborhoods. And, and why you would continue to reward the Democrat Party with your vote is astonishing to me. But what we're seeing, though, is that, that people aren't buying what the Democrats and the in the mainstream media are 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 out there propagating, and uh, I think the the average American is much smarter than those folks give them credit for, and they're starting to see through these things. And I think you continue to see that support for the president, and and it's going to translate translate into election victories for us. I could not agree more. Uh, and that's as I've been saying for the last several days about this, when I've seen these poll numbers, you know, black America is smart America. These 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 are some very, very, you know, closely tuned in political minds who are watching this and realizing, you know, we have been or the Democrats have been taking us for granted for so many decades. And what are they doing for us? We are in the same place right. that we've always been. The only person giving us hope right now and the opportunity to carve our own path in this country uh, is President Trump, who's creating more and more opportunities uh, for African-Americans, and uh, they're smart enough to realize that. They realize what's going on and that uh, the time has come to hashtag walk away, walk away from the Democrat Party that has failed them so miserably. Uh, Bob Paduchik, uh really great talking to you as always. I know you love Northeast Ohio, and uh, they love you right back, and uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Thank you. I look forward to coming back again soon. As do we. Thank you, Bob. Bob Paducha, co-chair of the RNC, joining us on AM 1420. The answer, it's 951. We'll get a check of traffic. Come back to your phone calls. Guest-free, by the way, the rest of the way. So anytime you want to get in, let's do it. 216-901-0945 on AM 1420. The answer. Nine fifty six now. The Bob France Authority continuing on AM fourteen twenty. The answer, Bob Paduchik. Uh, really, really good conversation. Uh, I, I really cannot, uh, you know, overstate. I believe cannot overstate the importance of those polls. Uh, while we all know that they are flawed, we all know they can be flawed. Rather, polls in general. We know that you know the polling before the presidential election showed that Hillary Clinton was going to win very easily. Didn't work out that way. So certainly there is a lot of work to be done. You cannot take a poll for granted. You cannot just say, well, this is the way that it is. I think the reason why President Trump has earned more black support in these polls is because he has earned their support. It's not something where it just happened miraculously and you hope it continues. You have to keep earning it. Continue to do things, make decisions, establish policy that are going to help people in the minority community to understand in greater numbers that you are what you say you are, and that is a president for all Americans. That's what President Trump is, has tried to do despite all of the best obstruction efforts of the likes of the never-Trumpers, of the Democrat Party, of the mainstream media, 
who continue to try to paint him as a racist, a white supremacist, white nationalist, all these different horrific, terrible things without any evidence whatsoever, except for manufactured evidence, phony evidence, such as saying that he called Omarosa a dog. Clearly, that is an insult to a black woman. Therefore, he's a racist. You know, you are allowed to criticize a person for what they've said or what they've done and not be uh, uh, prejudiced against all people of their color or their ethnicity or their height or their weight or their age. Criticizing an individual for something they do or say is not a criticism of all of their demographics. You're allowed to call a white person an idiot without saying all white people are bad. You're allowed to call a black person dumb like LeBron James or Don Lemon without, uh, without indicting all of black America. You're allowed to call Omarosa a dog without, insult, you know, without the suggestion that you are saying black women as a group are dogs. It is not racist to criticize someone who happens to be of a different color than you are, unless, of course, your criticism is directly rooted in their race. And the the uh, numbers would indicate that African-Americans in this country who are politically active understand that. They're appreciative of what the uh, pr- the efforts the president is making. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to be talking more about the president's decision to revoke the security, of cl- uh, security clearance from former CIA director John Brennan. John Brennan is the leader of the resistance. He is directly impacting and obstructing national security in the United States of America with his constant attacking of President Donald Trump. Not to hear him tell it, however, he says President Trump has just violated his constitutional right to free speech. Is he right? Of course he's not right. But you need to understand why. That's what we'll talk about next as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 